Hey guys, welcome to another episode of More Than a Podcast. Your host James, as always, here to give you guys more of the greatness. So we're going to jump right into it. Man, it is uh, Saturday. I think it's the third of uh, September. We're getting close, guys. Getting close to the end of the year. <clears throat> getting closer to uh, some comfortable weather because man, it it's been it's been like insanely hot, and I've never I've never had or at least. You know, I, I don't think that I have. I've never felt like this, you know, like this hot and uncomfortable this late in the year. And I'm in California, so, you know, it is a little bit different than than a lot of places. But this is insane. Like, it, it is absolutely crazy how hot it's been. Um, I was in bed the other night ago and just was completely drenched just over how hot it was. Um, cause you know, I, I try not to run ACs and fans all day long, but man, it's like, it's becoming a necessity at this point. And it just, it just kind of weirds me out how we're like this late in the year, um, you know, getting close to autumn and it's still this stupid hot, just like crazy. But you know, be it as it may, we're, uh, dealing with it and hopefully you guys are dealing with it. Hopefully you guys are staying cool, staying happy. And, uh, yeah, we're just, we're here. So um, we're gonna like again. We're gonna jump right into it. I uh, wanted to talk about a few things I missed last week, so uh, we're gonna try to make up for that uh, with this episode. And um, you know, it's kind of funny because like the first thing that I'm gonna talk about is is really a frustrating topic. I've spoken about it before on the show, but I just really had to <clears throat> bring it back uh, to the front because it's just insane. And uh, the topic is. Uh, Magic the Gathering Arena. So if you don't know what Magic the Gathering Arena is, this is their uh the their PC uh mobile platform for playing uh Magic the Gathering, which is a card game. Uh and it allows people to connect online and have actual uh standard, you know, modern and you know um you know, historic or custom battles and brawl and, you know, this, that, and the third. And for the most part, I think the setup is perfect. You know, the setup is fine. And it's crazy because I actually came from uh, MTG Online where that's more structured in the more traditional way that um, that they build things up. Because because in, in Arena, it's kind of like a – it's almost like a gotcha, but not really – because they do try to goad you into paying for uh, like a mastery tree where like every day they give you something different. And, um, you know, like, you know, they'll, they'll give you something free for like maybe a week. But then after that week, you'll they'll just throw the potential of what you could have had uh, in your face. And, I, I, you know, and it's crazy because it's like I think they want you, I think they want you to pay 40 bucks just to be on the mastery thing. And I think that's monthly, so yeah, I'm I'm not doing it. You know, that's you know that's a that's a whole video game that I can get, especially considering how frustrated I get um, when I am playing the actual game. And the frustration doesn't even lie in the game itself. It's crazy because I, I'm I'm gonna go on a rant. It's the players. It's just straight up the players. It's no if ands or buts about it. Um, the players on MTG Arena, they suck. Um, and 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 let me let me just preface my comments by saying, you know, 
I can respect any player who takes the time to like really build their deck from the ground up. Maybe it's something that you have, you know, in in a physical stance and you just want to kind of emulate that, you know, in, in the game and whatever. That's perfectly fine. I'm not against any of that. What I am against, however, is people who build what I like to coin as exploitive decks. Decks that people kind of build, you know, more from a science and build in a manner to not really win, but to dominate. And it's and it's it's such a dominating factor that it just doesn't make it fun for anybody. Because that's that's the whole point, at least how I kind of see it. You know, the I, like the way I look at Magic the Gathering is that it's supposed to be a fun card game, but it's really not fun when you got players who are building these internet decks like that that's really for lack of anything else that's exactly what they are they're just internet decks decks that people go and they they really kind of you know and and again i i when i'm brewing a deck i too am looking for the most effective way to you know be victorious with said deck but again i think the, the one thing that, that that's different as far as how I view my deck versus these exploitive decks is that that's just it. It's like, there's, there's no fun in it. You know, like you get people who legit, I, I legit had this guy the other day ago and in, you know, and I don't know who, who's listening, who think, who doesn't know what magic is, but in magic, the gathering, you have to, uh, you have to, uh, amass what they call mana and when you amass mana it allows you to uh call out different creatures and and cast different spells and this that and the like and you know when you when you get to play someone who has like turn turn one drops turn two drops i mean i had this guy yesterday i think it was turn three or four and in the fourth turn he had already doubled the number of cards that he had in his hand. He had me down to about, I want to say, 15 health. And he was doubling the counters that he had on uh, his creatures, which, which counters uh, add up to attack power. So if they come out, uh, you know, like, let's say you might get a 4-2, which that means they attack for 4 and they can defend for two of an of of an attack um yeah to double that and then you know swing with everything it's like dude you're gonna take me out in like less than four moves and and it was it's so frustrating it's like i don't i don't appreciate playing people like that and to be quite honest like i'm not even gonna lie to you i quit a lot of time i will like they call it scooping you know when it actually happens in real life you know like when you see the inevitability of you know somebody's victory it's like i'll just scoop because because there's really nothing that you can do in order to combat the threat um and that's the that's the biggest problem is that i find myself too often not able to combat the threat and i know a lot of people might be thinking well why don't you just build better decks but again the the fact is not that i'm playing real people with real you know, homebrew decks, decks that they've spent their legitimate time, 
you know, uh, getting together. And if they have, <clears throat> if they have more credit to them. And that's something that I, I kind of do want to put on the back of um, the people over at uh, MTG or Wizards of the Coast is that they need to they need to open up a line of communication. I, and I know that that's a real slippery slope because the moment you open up the door to correspondence, then you're going to basically get yourself in that um, kind of realm where, you know, a lot of people who play online games are where you know, you, you want to be cordial, but you got people who are just being downright disrespectful. And, and I do find that I, I run into a lot more people that, I mean, it's, it's, it's translated through the play. It's translated through the play because here's the thing. Like I, I can get lucky with, with like a deck that I built and I could, you know, I could ramp up, um, you know, and get six mana in three turns and, you know, in doing that, it puts me at a way higher advantage, especially if you only have, you know, half of that. But I'm not going to exploit that and take advantage of you because at the very least, I want you to have an opportunity to play whatever your deck is meant to do. Like, I, I want to at least see what your deck is meant to perform. Like, that's always my, my objective. Like, when I play people, I want to see what is it that your deck was meant to do and let's see you trigger it in some way that shows me that you actually thought this out and and and, and that's the other that's the other telltale on decks that um that are built on the internet because these internet decks they're only meant to do one thing and again that's dominate it's just dominate from the gate you know it's like this is how you can make sure that this player doesn't get a turn and you can win by the fourth uh by the fourth mana drop and it's just it's weird to me because i don't because because the funny thing about it and i say this to myself when i'm playing i don't think these people will play with these same decks face to face because it, it would it would take it would take a real level of disrespect to be that evil <laughs> you know because it because like that's the way i look at it. i'm just looking at it like you guys are evil like like i don't understand how you guys build these decks to just not even you know uh relay a chance for your opposition to have fun you know because again the the point of it all is just to have fun you know there's a lot of there are a lot of times when i play where i do have fun you know there are some people that i play where i can tell like myself that they spent a whole lot of time thinking things through but it's but it's it's more often than not that I run into decks that again you like you can you can just see and and I've gotten I've gotten really really used to it and I've gotten you know a little a little good at it where I'm able to see just on the first drop what your deck is about people drop a goblin on the first deck I quit right away if it, if it like if it's mono red it all all it tells me is that you're going to you're going to flood the you're going to flood the board with with a bunch of goblins you're probably going to you know quadruple their their health based on the card reads and the card reads being uh you know there are certain uh caveats that you know particular card may have that will amplify a card that's already in play so it might say you know when this comes into play uh give any other goblin you know four four 
and you know the the goblin already out could be a two two. So now you're swinging for six, and I don't have anything on the board, and my life and my life is at you know my life starts at twenty. So now I'm at fourteen, and that's just turn two. You know, like that. That's to me. That's just it's a it's a bit much, and um, and honestly, I don't like it. I, I really don't like it. I I play decks. You know that that uh, people build, and they build they build decks with all flyers. You know, flyers being uh, things that you know in order to combat them, you need something with reach, something that can reach them. Um, and if you don't have anything with reach, then you're just sol. Um unless you have like a board wiper or whatever, but you know, like people don't even reserve board wipes for, you know, drastic situations. You know, like I look at a board wipe, which is basically uh, something that clears every creature or every permanent off of the board. And the way that I view those board wipes is like, it's kind of like pulling a fire alarm. It's like, you know, you really don't want to pull the alarm until there's some threat of danger and people will, use board wipes on me with only two creatures on the board you know and it's like you really you really wasted all of that mana just to get rid of two creatures that are probably like one ones or one twos or one fours or whatever it, it, it's it's just really crazy and and again i, I just I, I don't think people are being competitive i think they're just being exploitive and it's sad because i because i really do enjoy the game I just don't enjoy um I just don't enjoy being in the throes of people who aren't thinking for themselves cuz I really cuz I really honestly feel like it's just not enough people that are out there doing their own thing. I I really feel like that. And I w- and I and again, I wish I could ask these people like, "Yo, you know, uh you know, did you build that deck yourself?" And you know, I'm pretty sure then in, then in a, a court of transparency, people would be able to divulge to you whether they truly built it or not. I mean, I'm giving people credit when I don't even know them, uh, but I would I would like to think that they would come forward and say, oh, no, I was on, you know, such and such a site and, uh, you know, they they you know, they had this deck on there and I just built it from that, you know, because I because I've done that. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've done that. I've built a deck from the Internet, um, but that deck is not something that I utilize in a function for day-to-day play. You know, like I only bust that deck out if I'm, you know, maybe in a, if I'm in a game with, uh, you know, four people, um, you know, maybe they're people that are truly like, especially with like MTG online. Like I think the, I think the competition is a little bit more uh, refined. Um, and I think people have really thought out the way that they do play. And, yeah, in instances like that, internet decks are the only thing they're going to save you because the people there, they've been they they've thought out every single way to get around, you know, the simplest of strategies. And that and that's and that's the disconnect that I have with Arena. It's like it's such a simplistic game, but people take it so far. And it just sucks because I really want to like it and I want to play and I want to keep playing, but I I can't get myself around the fact that, again, I don't think these same people would play those same decks if they were in your face at a table. I don't think they'd do it. I don't think they'd do it. I actually had one guy do that uh, at a event that I went to, and 
there was no shade or disrespect thrown, but he could clearly see that there was um, there was a disconnect on his competitiveness versus the factor of everyone at the table just wanting to have fun. So he put the deck up because he realized this is this is pushing too hard. I'm pushing way too hard. I'm pushing so hard it's not, you know, like, yeah, I want to win, but let me win with a little bit of merit. Let me let me fight for the win, not just dominate for the win. You know? I mean, and, and I know some people may, might not agree with that, but I just I, I just break it back down to the factor of having fun. And if and you know, if in a card game, you know, which you can buy at Target or Toys R Us or whatever, if people aren't having fun, then what's the point of playing? I don't know. Like like that that's that's just kind of the way that I'm looking at it. You know, and I and I I don't like to get myself so worked up and upset over it, but I just wish there was a way to like really control the narrative a little bit better. Like I I wish that like MTG Arena had some way to test algorithms as far as build and know that yo this is kind of lining up with a deck that we've seen on x y and z site maybe you want to change out a few cards to make this deck uniquely your own as opposed to running with something that you know some youtube video showed you was a sure shot victory deck it's like why aren't you thinking for yourself you know like that that's that's my two cents like that's my whole thing like players got to think for themselves build decks for themselves tool for themselves because that's the whole fun of it the fun of it is if you legitimately lose to something that somebody legitimately built you go back to the drawing board and you say okay you know this is how they got me um you know this is what i think i should do in order to combat that but i also still want to be rounded enough to deal with other types of situations and circumstances you shouldn't have to tool yourself to deal with something that is so far is far more superior to to your not even your style of play because it's not even about the style of play it's just about the cards it's just about the cards it's just about what people have in the deck and i was playing today and it was so funny because i was i was laughing because i was like this person truly and and this per this person i actually beat and i'll tell you i'll tell you how i beat him well actually i, I didn't even straight up beat him what happened was they quit and that and that's what normally happens with people that I if I do decide to stay and kind of I guess you want to say play the victim like I I like it's it's simple when you take a cog out of their whole wheel they don't have anything else to stand on because guess how they build their decks because here here's the thing and and this is like a magic rule uh where you can only have four of any given spell type. So if you got this one creature and you're really enthusiastic about that creature, you want to make sure that at any given turn that creature is going to be on your board no matter what, you'll probably put four of them in your deck. And that's what people do. They take these exploitive cards and then they'll put a vast number of them. And it's so funny because like sometimes I'll get lucky enough and I'll have enough removal in my hand, which are spells that can you know remove other spells off the board. Sometimes I'll get lucky enough to have removal um, to combat that. And I had this guy who had this 
dragon something deck. I don't know. And I removed that one. Okay. I removed the one on the board. And then he tried to call out another one because he had another one in his hand. And I canceled that uh, or countered it. And what did he do? He quit right away. Because I legit just took the cog out of his out of his wheel. I took the wind out of his sails, so to say. But see, again, that that is never my objective. And that's not a that's not an objective that I want to have when playing a game like Magic. I I don't want to I don't want to sit here and build decks just to combat, you know, what I look at as the evil in the game, like, you know, and I've and I and I have done that like it like I've I've built, you know, um, mono blue decks or what they call control decks where basically you're just you're just being an ass. You're just like, you know, you're basically just making a point to, uh, you know, not give not give the opposition any kind of chance to have a meaningful turn. And, and that can be frustrating. When you're canceling everything that that a person's doing, when you're sending it back to their hand, when you're exiling it, when you're doing all that crap, like that's a lot for somebody to deal with, and let it happen four or five times that yeah they don't want to play. And I and I personally would I don't enjoy those type of decks. I've built those as like kind of punishment decks. Whenever I'm feeling like you know what I just really want to get at these stupid people, but I mean who has to do that? You know, I think the I think the objective again, and I I said this, and I'm gonna beat this across the head. Like, people just have to build decks to have fun. They have to keep in mind that it's a game, and that we all want to just have fun. Like I le- like I legit, there like I can play games, and I kid you not. And I will I'll have like two creatures on the board, right? Early drops, lucky, lucky, luck of the draw, and I won't attack. I won't attack because at the very least, I want to be able to see what your deck does. Let me see what it is that your deck is doing. Let me help, you know, not help you, but let, I want to, I want to see you get to a level of execution where I can start to see the things rolling. So I can start to see, you know, the wheels in your head turning. So I can kind of understand what type of game gamer you are when it comes to this particular strategy. That's the fun for me. That that's fun for me. It's not it's not trolling anybody. It's not um you know, it, it's not, you know, just you know, uh it, it you know, it's it's not meant in a way of disrespect. It's more for me to just give a level out to the playing field. Like that's important to me. It's important to me to just have a a balanced level of execution so that we can kind of see where we all are. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, moving forward, wanted to talk about some video games because that's what we're here for. Um, man, I've been on social media and it seems like for the past month and a half, I've been seeing all this stuff about Square Enix. All these different, um, you know, soon to be releases, coming soons. Um, you know, new releases, just everything around the corner. And it's so crazy. This reminds me of Square Enix back in like 94, 95, like, or Squaresoft, so to speak. Like, 
back then in the early 90s, they could not be stopped. And they used to come out with so much stuff. I mean, it was just it was just overwhelming, but in a good way. And it, and I feel like that's exactly what's happening now. Like Square has really been rocking it. And I'm super excited because like this gaming generation, you know, I didn't really understand how much excitement would be on the horizon for these new systems and, you know, what what new type of games and styles of games and things of that sort like I, I really wasn't too sure but like one thing Square Enix has really ensured uh, me is that they are going to take care of business on their end of the spectrum these dudes over there they got some games coming out so like I know one big game that everybody's waiting for is Harvestella um, which I guess it's kind of like uh, Final Fantasy meets uh, Stardew Valley almost um and i'm excited for that i'm hyped over that i really 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 do enjoy um farming simulator games i always love you know final fantasy games for their their story arcs and you know their narrative so that's going to be a plus and yeah it, lo it looks fun it looks really fun it's it's and and the one thing is is that i i really enjoy the fact that square enix is trying they're truly trying hard to like get away from the tropes that they're known for i mean they definitely want to pay attention and pay homage to you know the people who have been fans forever but it really feels like this year particularly they're taking so many strides to just be creative to like really get out there and make something different make something for everybody like it's crazy and I love it. I ab I absolutely love it. Um, one of the games that I'm anticipating and I want to play a lot is uh, Deal Field Chronicles. Psh, man, I got that demo a few weeks back, and it's crazy. I love it. I really do. It's it's not like anything that I've ever played before. Um, I know that you know Square and themselves they've released other strategy games and you know like i like the last one i got was triangle strategy and that was okay for what it was but i didn't particularly enjoy it it wasn't something that i just felt like i had to get up and play all the time like deal field chronicles like it's there's no grid system as far as it is a, it is a strategy uh title there's no grid system which that might be an oddity to people who enjoy strategy games um, but you know, you control the way that you go about combat and it's so fun. So like you have your different, uh, character types. So, you know, you have your, your heavies, you have your, your thief class, you have your magicians and your priestess, and you really have to, you know, think on the fly because the one thing that is, that is, uh, that's really cool is that the enemies are always advancing and i love that i love the fact because it and it keeps me engaged in the game because i i can't just stand there and wait and and think think you know like i can't you know i have to have a strategy in place as opposed to thinking about how i'm going to react to what they're doing cuz they're doing their part constantly you know and that and that's it, it's a it, it's a little scary but 
that's cool because it kind of keeps you on your toes. You know, and I was playing last night and I was uh, playing this one area and, and, you know, we're crossing bridges and stuff. And, and I love the fact that the characters kind of have, it's almost like breaking the fourth wall a little bit because they have narrative and the narrative that they're speaking amongst each other is really meant to be read as if they were talking to you as the gamer. Um, and, you know, they're like saying like, oh, you know, we, we should probably, you know, attack the uh, the archers first because, you know, if we get in their face, they can't really do much. And, you know, we want to attack these kind of people from behind because if they can't, you know, they can't uh, block what they can't, you know, or defend against something they can't see and this, that, and the third. And it's just awesome. And, um, you know, falling in line with with those suggestions, it just when the execution happens and you and you kind of see it come to a positive reaction, it's like, man, it's great. Now, I did run into a brick wall because I got these uh, this boss that I've ran into. I'm thinking it's probably going to end the demo, um, but the boss is tough. And again, it's not like it's not like I didn't grind it out enough or my or my level isn't high enough like no everything's perfect it's the strategy it's truly the strategy that you know as a player i have to execute in order to be victorious um you know the game is really really cool i know i talked about it before um on a couple of episodes but yeah i i am like this is going to be like a day one for me i am like super into it and i'm happy this square has taken chances to make games like this um another game that's that i know is highly anticipated that you know they're just kind of really geeking me up for and I, and and to be quite honest i really wasn't that i really wasn't that excited for it is uh final fantasy 16 like final fantasy 16 is looking really really good and I don't want I don't even want to really speculate so much on what the narrative could possibly be. I am like all for them just dropping that game and just experiencing it from the jump. I, that's all I want to do. I don't want to do anything else. I I just want to I just want to take it for what it is and just play it. That's the way I did 15. That's why, like, I feel like with me, because I know a lot of people, they say, well, actually, it's kind of shifted. Because I remember when 15 first dropped, there was a lot of negativity around 15, how it really wasn't going in the traditional direction. Um, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a marvelous game. I still, to this day, think it's a great game. Um, it's one of my top tens for sure. Uh, <laughs> not saying too much when there's 15 games in the whole series. But, um it's definitely one of my top games. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Final Fantasy 16 is going to be a really uh, dynamic game. Um, I did, you know, it, it, at the at the beginning, it did seem like they were only going to have like like a single protagonist, which I was just crossing my fingers, hoping no. Like, you know, like the one thing that I really enjoy about Square Enix RPGs is the party dynamic. I love, you know, whether you collect them one by one kind of like in that tell that tale series because i know like tale series you know usually starts with like one protagonist and then over the course of your journey you're just kind of picking up people i guess that's how they all kind of roll um but but i like i like tales for the fact that usually the people that they gather to to be the ultimate uh party are from such extreme uh different 
scenarios and circumstances that you just don't really fathom that they could you know connect and actually have a common goal whereas like final fantasy is kind of like you know usually people are you know going in the same direction got the same things in mind and we're just going to go ahead and just uh you know band together and then ultimately uh it 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 usually usually what what happens is it usually uh boils over from something being political to really being otherworldly and now you're saving the whole universe and uh, hopefully i i do hope that that happens in 16 i do hope i mean from what it looks like it looks like the summons that are in the game are actually going to be people with separate motivations like the they're going to be people that are that are going to be the summons which they which they've actually done a little bit of that in um in 15 because i remember uh shiva was was uh the ward of your girlfriend like she was always around her she was kind of like her protector or whatever um but then she kind of came at the latter end of your adventure in 15 and became you know full-blown shiva which was really cool so that's that seems like what they're going for in 16 i'm really excited i'm also truly excited because i love 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 when they have like the medieval tones i love that kind of like truly fantasy type game i mean i did like the modernization of 15 and and whatnot um i did enjoy the futuristic views of eight and seven but man i 16 looks like it's kind of going back to that you know quote unquote fantasy style and i'm here for it and another game that i'm really highly anticipating but really don't have that much information on is um dragon quest 12 um dragon quest 11 is is a huge game huge huge game love that game um and i know that 12 is going to be just as good um, I can't wait until they reveal more about it. We probably won't hear much about it until next year, but man, I I am 110% on board with any Dragon Quest game that they ever drop because they are just that's just a really really good series, which is really funny because I would not have known about Dragon Quest had it not been for um the 3DS. If I didn't have the 3DS and start playing Dragon Quest games then, um, I would not have played them at all. Actually, not even 3DS. It was just a DS. Just a DS. My bad. Um, yeah, I, I got the, I think it was Dragon Quest Six that I first played. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is really good. And I was so stuck into it that I actually stayed with it until the very end of the game and did not expect to do that because I'm not particularly fond of playing um immersive role-playing games on a handheld you know like like normally that's something i want to do on a console you know sitting on the couch or curl up in bed and no dude i was like really tucked into my ds like on a daily just to see that game roll credits and it, it was a fun experience and then when i started emulating uh my games uh, i made sure to uh you know get uh seven actually i think it was Five that I got or four no yeah it was four it was four and I think the protagonist was a green-haired guy um yeah it was four five four five and six that came out on uh DS I want to say I think that was it yeah four yeah four was the one I played I'm, I'm almost certain of it um but anyway yeah Dragon Quest 12 I am here for that game 
and I definitely want to hear more. Um, I have a question kind of shifting from the glory of Square Enix and moving on to Atlas. And the question is, are they doing a bit too much? So the question really uh, derives from the fact that I realized later, not even upon its release, I mean, it's only been about two and a half weeks, but uh, they just released a game called Soul Hackers 2. And yeah, I was colored intrigued and I went to go, you know, kind of uh, look into it and see what the heck it was all about. Because I, I had never heard of it. Ne I, You know, the first thing I said was, if this is two, where's the first one? But come to learn that the first one was uh, a game way back in the day, um, which I, you know, I guess, I don't know if it's considered a classic. I mean, it's never been something that's been on my radar. I've never heard of that game at all. Um, but then when I was looking into this sequel... I got to say, like, I don't know how I felt. I like it, it looked like it looked OK, but I, I, I wasn't really enthusiastic about it. I didn't walk away from the trailer and think to myself, I got to own that game. Now, I will say I was kind of on my impulsiveness where I was like ready to click buy. But I knew that if I bought it, I was going to regret it. I knew it. I, I felt it. I was just like, yeah, don't don't get it. Because here's the thing. It it looks like a game that's executing on several different fronts, but it's not doing anything particularly well. And what I mean is basically so it's like it looks like a mix between Persona and Shin Megami Tensei just on a very light level like i don't know i don't know if that makes sense like it, it's it, i mean because both of them are properties by the same publisher and the same developer um but it just kind of looks like a mashup of those two properties you know like it's very stylized like persona but you know they have these uh dialogue and and conversation mechanics like shin megami tensai and the the monsters are are the same monsters from that game and you know the concept of collecting monsters and it's basically the same it's and and i just i don't know and i, I just i really just kind of walked away from it like well if i if i wanted to play you know a game involving the collection of monsters by atlas and i would play my shin megami tensei that i have on the switch um if i wanted to play something stylized where i was you know, uh, keeping up relationships and this, that, and the third, then I would probably play Persona 4 again. But I don't, I, I couldn't understand why I would buy this Soul Hackers game. So I don't know. I guess the question is, is that game worth it? Like, is it worth the money to go out and get this game in a line of games that are, that already exist really? You know, like I, I don't, I, I don't know if I don't know if the series is that special to people. I haven't heard anybody talk about it, um, because like I said, I mean, I literally just found out that it released like a week ago, and then it kind of came up again this week, and I was just like, I don't know if I'm missing anything, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't particularly feel like I was because again, nobody was saying anything about it. So I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, is it is it a good game? Is it a bad game? Is it worth it? I need to know. Um, moving on. 
We're going to talk about some, some other games that I am anticipating, but I'm also a little worried. Um, one of the games that I am heavily anticipating is Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, it's a game based on the Harry Potter universe where you, as an avatar, get to experience life at Hogwarts. And I think this is going to be a really, really, really fun game. But, but, I kind of, I kind of think that I think it's going to fail. I think it's going to fail, and I, and I don't, I don't think it's going to fail because it's, a, it's going to be a bad game. I think that, I think that they are going to do everything that they have to do in order to make sure that this is one of the best Harry Potter games ever. But the reason I think it's going to fail is because of the fan base. Because, I, because you know, fans of particular things can be great. Because especially in, especially in the respect where if we want more of something, then they're going, you know, uh, the people who produce, you know, these properties are going to cater to, you know, this fan appreciation. But when you take things like Harry Potter, like, Harry Potter fans are different. Like they are just different. And I feel like I feel like I feel like they are going to sabotage the game because it's not going to line up with their particular idea of what the Harry Potter universe truly is. You know, like I was having a conversation with someone about uh about a show actually or a movie or something. And you know, my 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 whole view about about movies especially is that you can't you can't go into these things already judging what you believe it should be or what it can possibly be. You have to turn your brain off and you have to just take it in as it is and then when you come out of it use that, you know, use use your analytical state at that point to compare and contrast what you what you took away from it not you know because it's far too many people who just walk into things like this like a game like harry potter and they're just going to be like well i know that you know in my interpretation of slytherin you know they would never have this happen or they would never do this or they would never have a dialogue or a, a sub quest from hufflepuff it just wouldn't happen you know it's like you gotta turn your brain off and you just gotta let things be because i think this is going to be a big game I think it's going to be a really, really cool game. I, I'm, I'm expecting that there's going to be a lot of, you know, customization into, you know, going into creating the avatar. Because cause I, I think the objective is they're going to want you to feel like you're really a part of this universe. And that's cool. That's great. That's awesome. That's 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 exactly what I want. But I just I, I, I don't want to see this game fail for reasons that are out of their control which is like i said the fans like i really i really hope that when this game drops next year that the majority of the hardcore fan base just finds a way to just accept it accept it for what it is and just enjoy it you know like that's why they you know like people people who go on these rants about um you know developers wasting gamers time with particular video games and whatever it's like no they're not wasting their time they spent a lot of time 
and effort and, you know, made a lot of sacrifices in order to make whatever it is that came out because you don't see it in the same executable state as the effort that they put in. That doesn't mean they made a bad game. Like, no, but I don't I don't think that anybody ever goes into the production of a video game and says, yeah, we're really going to try to F this one up. We're really going to try to make this one, you know, the worst game ever. Like, no, I don't think that's that's the case. You know, so I, I would I would hope again that, you know, fans of uh, Harry Potter can just appreciate the fact that, you know, the these developers are trying really hard to make something that is really acceptable to not just their, uh, you know, wants as far as a game, but just in general, like it really is about bringing more fans to, you know, um, to the property, you know, people like, I mean, my generation, my generation of fans, as far as Harry Potter really shouldn't be talking about much or nothing because we should be, I think we're all like parents of kids who, you know, are growing up now and we want to kind of leave them with that legacy of understanding what we appreciated when we were younger, not sabotaging their belief and saying, oh, no, we're, we're not going to let you play that game. That, that's not even that's not the real Harry Potter. You know, <laughs> like like I feel I feel like that's what's going to happen. I feel like people are just going to be too judgmental. I feel like this game is going to fail because of that. And I'm just I'm not ready for that, man. I, I just I'm going to get it regardless. I'm going to play it regardless. I'm going to enjoy it regardless. And that's just going to be that. That's just going to be that. Um, switching gears again. I got another question. How competitive does Nintendo have to be in the current cycle of the video game generation that we are in? Do they need to be competitive at all? Now, I, I, I have I have these discussions a lot with people online. And, you know, the one consensus that I, I understand and I've always understood is that Nintendo is going to the beat of their own drum, and that's fine. But at what level should they be accountable for, you know, advancing with our expectations as gamers today? Are they, are you know, are is Nintendo concerned with you as a gamer? Like, I really don't know. I think one thing that I've always had projected to me from Nintendo is that they're going to they're going to do what they do when they want to do it. And I really I I really find that to be awesome because if you can afford to do that then that's what you want to do. But at but in the same time it's almost like you're basically letting me know that I'm not going to have anything from a competitive stance to talk about when somebody else is talking about Halo or somebody else is talking about, um, you know, uh, Scarlet Nexus or whatever, like I'm not going to be able to to comparatively have that same conversation. And one thing that I that I've also just been really nitpicking about is it always seems like Nintendo builds, you know, like let's just keep it real. Nintendo builds systems that works for them, okay? Not for the gamers. They build it for themselves. What do we want to build? What's the cheapest thing we can build that we can put, you know, the most um, alluring gimmick behind? And and nobody and, and I'm not saying gimmick as if, you know, these things that Nintendo do don't work. 
because clearly these gimmicks that they build have been working for them for years. I think with the exception of like the Wii U, but I don't think I don't think it's because the Wii U was a bad system. I think they just had poor execution on how they transitioned people's expectations and understanding of what the Wii U was versus what the Wii is, right? Cuz the Wii people were still playing that and they probably could have they probably could have pushed that thing for another 2 years, 2 3 years. They were le- they were legitimately transitioning at the wrong time. Cuz I still remember when the Wii U came out like there was no there was no expectation in my mind for their next console cuz I was still heavily invested in the Wii. And when when the Wii U did come out, I was like, okay, is this a peripheral? Is this uh you know, is it, is it a new system? Like you know, is this like their pro version? Like what is it? And I think and I think that that was what killed it because like people spent so much time trying to figure out what it was that when it really came time to make a decision, people just weren't deciding in that favor. And they weren't putting a lot behind, you know, um, their product in order to make the decision make sense for anybody. You know, they like they delayed a lot of their games that were supposed to, you know, be day and date on the release. And they're kind of doing the same thing now with the Switch. Because at this point, my my expectation is because, look, this current generation is miles above where we were with like the PS4 and the Xbox One. Miles above. We're 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 running now. Like before it was just kinda like, okay, you know, they're out the they're off the gate. It's still kind of a transition. Now nah. Now nah you, you know PS5 series series X, you either got it or you don't. You and and you, you gotta ride that wave. Like me, I'm on PC, so I'm really not missing much, but I think Nintendo is missing a lot. Because now that we're onto these newer systems, there's there's less chance to be a supportive fan and still get the taste of luxury that is released to all. It's like you know you got you got these you got these um you know these developers who they release on every system, but if you release the same title on a current Nintendo Switch. It's not the same. It is not the same. I started I started seeing a big red flag with Nintendo when they started coming out with cloud versions of of big games. When they started doing that, I was like, "Yep, they 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 they're going to they're going to take a massive hit." Now, now look, I'm not saying the Switch is a failure cuz that thing is still selling like gangbusters it's still selling like gangbusters still a top system but comparatively when we think about you know what what games we're playing across the board you know like there there is no there is no preference when it comes to where we're going to play a particular title so if madden 23 comes out there's no discussion about playing it on the switch when NBA 2K23 comes out, yeah, they might got a Switch version, but I'm telling you right now, it's not the same game. 
It's not the same game. So, like, my whole thing is, like, when is Nintendo going to take the advancement step in order to keep their fan base relevant? Because now their fan base is irrelevant. Because, again, I don't think it's I don't think it's one game that can come out for every system and Nintendo can be a part of the conversation. It's impossible. And I know Nintendo fans will say, oh, well, we're not worried about the third party stuff. We got it locked in with 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 the first party stuff. And yeah, but how often? We're st- like Splatoon 3 is around the corner. I know Xenoblade Chronicles 3 just, you know, dropped a little while ago. I know people are going nuts over that. You know, is it is it is it is it bad to say that Breath of the Wild 2 probably should have already been out this year or should come out early next year? And I'm talking like January, February, March. Shouldn't Bayonetta 3 already have been out? These are questions that I legitimately have, like, right this second. Now, Pokemon Pokemon is something that, you know, Pokemon is <laughs> Pokemon is a whole different wave. Like, I, I don't understand it. I've never understood it. I've, I've just always, I've always known that Pokemon is a sure bet every single time. It's a sure bet. You want to sell a few million units, sell it with Pokemon. It, it's going out the door. That's why I really honestly believe, because like all the games that I've put out there, um, short of uh, Splatoon and Xenoblade Chronicles, these other games, man, they need to be focused on a new system. I think it's time for a new system. I think it's time for a new Nintendo system. I think I think Nintendo needs to do one of two things. Either you drop a pro version which people have been clamoring about for years. And what did they get? They got the OLED screen version. And then and that that was even confusing because people were like, oh, it's so much prettier. It's like, yeah, but pretty doesn't mean performance. Like, I want this thing to perform on a similar level to what is going on in the current generation. And in this current generation, they are going to get lost if they don't step up and make another system. They got to. They got it, regardless of whether you say we're beaten to our own drum, because the time is now and you and, and, and give it another year that they stick behind this particular system. They're going to start losing people. And the only people that are going to come to Nintendo to play anything are going to be people who are invested in those exclusives. And that's it. They will not come to make an informed decision on a game that released across the board they'll never choose it for switch especially if they keep making you know these concessions with these cloud versions that don't really work i played i played uh control on the switch which i believe is a cloud version and yeah it's not that great it's not that great i mean it it makes you think like yo i mean this is kind of crazy they actually you know i'm actually playing you know control on the switch but it's not all there you know what i mean like i like i got i gotta you know and i keep saying this i i know you guys know you know i got my steam deck 
I think the magic in that system is knowing that I could have a game like Tales of Arise running on that handheld that looks similar to a Nintendo Switch. Like, I, I legitimately tell myself that sometimes. I'm like, you know what? This Steam Deck is what the Switch Pro or whatever they want to call their next system, this is what it should have been or this is what it should be. And this is what it's not. That's what that's the only reason that I think uh you know Valve even took a shot at getting into the market because they knew that Nintendo were 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 going to drag their feet in a in a section of the market that needed to advance and push forward. And I'm telling you again, if Valve drops, if Valve drops Steam Deck 2, if they drop Steam Deck 2, right? And they do it before Nintendo drops another console. It's a wrap for Nintendo. I don't think they're gonna like. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that like oh they're gonna wipe them off the face of the earth or nothing like that because Nintendo is still gonna be Nintendo. But again, I'm at, at, for me. I will, at that point if Steam Deck Two comes out before we get another Nintendo console, I will I, I'll never count on Nintendo to do anything else again. I'll never count on them to do anything else again. Because that because what that shows is a clear a clear defiance, not just beating on the own drum. It's a clear defiance to follow the trends that actually matter. Like this matters to people. It matters. People want to play these games now. And if you're going to drag your feet about it, it's like, then what am I standing here for? Because I because I mean, uh, and again. If if you if you come right out and tell me that breath of the wild 2 is going to be you know like they could they could say it today they could say you know what we have canceled the production of breath of the wild 2 for the nintendo switch because you know the game has taken on a life of its own and we are going to have this come out on our next system which is going to drop in 2024 and it's going to come out day and day bro listen if they did that they would sell so many freaking Nintendo consoles at that point, it would it wouldn't even it wouldn't even be funny. It wouldn't even be funny. But but I think it would need to be more than just Breath of the Wild. They would have to have like a holy trinity of of exclusive games. A holy trinity of exclusive games. Get your partnerships up on a more robust system. You come out with 10, 15 games on launch. Bro, listen. They 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 will outsell. They will outsell the Switch by a lot, and that's a fact. Because everybody who's standing on a Switch today, they they can't they cannot tell me that they don't wish that they had a more robust version of that system. They can't tell me that. If if Switch Two or whatever the heck they want to call their next system, which by the way, that was another conversation I was having. I personally, now, and I know they won't do this because because the concept of the handheld device is something that is most marketable. I I, I don't think I don't think I don't think that Microsoft and Sony will ever take the dive to invest in. The handheld market, it will be cool. It will be really cool, but they won't do it because because Nintendo already Nintendo already has that 
area locked up for the most part. And again, the the only reason Valve was able to sneak in was because Nintendo's dragging their feet. That's it. If Nintendo wasn't dragging their feet and they had announcements and reveals and ultimately releases on a new handheld or a new system, Valve would have never come out the gate with the Steam Deck. I can guarantee that. But what do you guys think? Are you guys, um, do you guys think that Nintendo uh, is moving a little too slow or do you think they're right on time? You think the you think they're doing everything that they need to be doing? I mean, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about um, Hogwarts Legacy? Do you think that that's going to be a game that's going to be worth it to fans? Do you think that... Um, it's going to be something that's going to fail, or do you think it's going to succeed? How do you feel about um, the Square Enix coming out with so many games this year and the beginning of next year? Do you think they're hitting all the right buttons? Do you think they're oversaturating the market? Do you think that these games that they're releasing are going to succeed on a level that is going to put them back at that nostalgic point that they were in the 90s? What do you feel about Atlas and their approach to their RPGs? Do you think that everything's ringing a little too close to the Persona series? Or do you think that they're doing everything okay? And do you play Magic the Gathering? Do you play with physical cards? Do you play on Arena? Uh, or do you play MTG Online? I'd love to hear from you guys. You guys are always awesome. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, more, M-O-O-R-E-T-A, podcast, and we can talk about it. So that is going to do it for me. Hopefully you guys have a wonderful Labor Day weekend uh, if you're here in the States. If not, please just enjoy your time. Uh, do me that favor. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye.